almost have it back. Whether I've boosted your signal all I can. I'm sorry it's heavy, but outfitting you with all of the cutlery was the only thing to do to boost your signal past Smoochulons. Now, quickly, before anything else goes wrong, let's start the episode and get that good wizard relationship energy. What else could go wrong? I don't know, something like what? Like a mushroom golem landing on the outside of the sphere. Quick, play the tape. Hello, you must be looking for love. This is Wizard Seeking Wizard. Ignore the banging sounds you hear, it's just a Myconid monster trying to force its way into my little crystal prison. Nothing to worry about. Uh, now we may not be able to get ourselves moving with Cupid towing us along like I planned, but with the wizard relationship energy from today's episode, I hope to change all that. I hooked Cupid up to a signal-boosting array after Postocles explained what happened with a series of extremely sticky-looking cue cards. He said something about the post-wizard's code and how he had to make amends with the head office and left me with all of the wizard ads he had in satchel before he rocketed off into the distance. It was surprisingly moving. But... On the bright side, I have all the wizard ads I need. And it looks like Postocles was holding out on me because I have a whole second batch of rivalry and romance ads. As long as that mushroom doesn't break in here, I should have enough energy by the end of this episode to get us moving. Oh, you're kidding me. He split it right beside the patched hole. Well, it's too small for him, at least, so I think we should be safe. <coughs> oh, oh, he spawned right into his crack. Gross! Oh, it's getting everywhere. Oh, no. Look at all these little mini shrooms popping up. These will take forever to clean. Oh, how could this get any worse? Oh. By them growing little mouths. No, I really should have expected this. Well, I won't jinx it again. Oh, come on. Legs. Little mushroom legs. Well, maybe they just want to be friends. No. No, of course not. Why would they be friendly when they could start wrecking up the place? No, no you're right. We have to do something about this. Listeners, it looks like this rivalry energy won't be going towards transit after all. But on the other hand, it is much, much better for combat. I'll be blasting these mushrooms from Kingdom Fungi to Kingdom Come. Our first ad comes from Constella the Almost a prognostic prodigy who is looking for the one she has foretold shall be her greatest enemy. Her head is in the shape of this puffy little cloud. 
very cute, Constella. Ah, what, is it going to twist itself into various shapes and spell out your ad? That's pretty cute for a rival. Ouch! Oh, okay, okay, I get it. Wow, bad day for Camistro. Well, you're very intimidating, so uh, take it away. Attention, unidentified rival wizard. I have foretold our great battles, whoever you are. I've seen it in the clouds. I am Constella the Amos, or Connie to my friends, named for my <clears throat> mostly, mostly accurate readings. And I am seeking my arch rival so that we may begin our lifetime struggle for dominance. I learned of your coming last week while I was outside practicing cloud interpretation. My reading specifically stated that a significant person was coming into my life, and that person was going to be an antagonist. I cannot wait to test my divination medal against whatever you have to offer. Man, I hope you're not some lame, close-up magic performs at kids' birthday party sort of wizard. Or an illusionist, that's just silly. If you are seeking a rival who loves animals, does not want to engage in physical combat, has mastered over 17 types of divining methods, likes to take long walks through forgotten forests, and will always ruin the punchline to hear cruddy jokes, I'm your wizard. I will find you, rival. I seek knowledge of you from the great beyond, but they have chosen to hide you from me, and as such, I have been forced to take this ad out in order to get in contact with you. I'm proactive like that. I don't much like waiting to find stuff out, which is why divining is kind of an important thing to me. Um, oh, uh, right. Anyways, by the time you're hearing this, I've probably already learned another way to divine. If you think you can keep up and want to try to best me in magical combat, so be it. I will be ready for you. All serious offers will be considered. Um, there will be a priority placed on those who want to use their powers for evil, of course. Um, location helps, so if we are near each other geographically, that'll uh, help facilitate our battles. Um, but, you know, we could also try a long-distance thing. Anyways, I think I'm getting off topic here. Moral of the story is, I've seen you, I am ready for you, and I can't wait to meet you. <sighs> Welcome back, listeners. Constella, you probably foresaw this, but for the rest of you, I have good news and bad news. The good news is that the little mushrooms are no match for a basic fireball spell. Kazap! The bad news is that the other mushrooms are feeding off their fallen fungus friendos and they're using all those nutrients to emit spores and create more mushrooms. And the new mushrooms remember what I've done and they're out for revenge. I can see it in their little eyes. I think they were eyes. They could just be little mushroom spots. Either way, it's unsettling. And now, thanks to Constella's rainstorm ad, a wet pool has collected at the bottom of my sphere, and the mushrooms are soaking up that moisture like an Atlantean sponge leviathan in heat. My goodness, what if they find Booker? His pages can't handle humidity like this. He'll be illegible. And just think what that will do to his poor adolescent self-esteem. You're right, Cupid. No more firebolts. 
violence is clearly not the answer here. Which is odd, because it so often is. Think, Mr. O, think. What to do, what to do. Well, step one is to get rid of all this water. Listeners, you check out this next wizard while I bucket this putrid pool into my cauldron of containing. This ad comes packaged in a rocket from Astrothel, a lonely space racer suffering from a failure to launch. Uh, to release the ad, I just need to light this fuse. Stand back, little mushrooms. There are enough of you as it is. Wizard ad in T minus five, four, three, two, one. I am Astrofell, Wizard of the Stars. Unsatisfied with merely tracking the heavens, I am seeking to visit them. I will be the first wizard in space, unrestrained by the ideas of physics and science and this law of gravity that engineers hold so dear. These rules will not hold me down. Who needs rocket science when you have rocket magic? And I have all the magic I need. But of course, the spells and incantations for rocket magic are incredibly complicated. If it were easy to go to space, it would already be full to the brim of wizards, and what would be the point then? It's all about being the first. And while I have plenty of focus and motivation to be the first, my current lack of rivalry is really... holding me back. I have nobody to hold a space race with. You think NASA got to the moon with hard work and determination? Ha! They got there with pure spite. And pure spite is really what I'm missing here. I need someone to look at me and say, Astrofell, you might be a wizard of the stars, but you are never going to visit any of them. That would really light a fire under me. A fire that would propel me up to space. As you can see, I am in desperate need of a partner who wants to prove me wrong. Finding someone to just walk by and insult me once wouldn't be enough. I'm looking for more of a working relationship here. I need someone invested in what I'm doing, you know? Checking up on my progress, giving me helpful critiques, trying to one-up me. There would be no point in proving someone wrong if they simply didn't care about what I was doing. The heart of any healthy rivalry is deep caring for one another. And at the end of the day, I am simply a caring wizard seeking another caring wizard for the best rivalry ever. If you are also interested in being the first wizard in space, we could have a classic space race between the two of us. You will, of course, fail to beat me to space, but you would be so very welcome to try. It would certainly be helpful to me. However, I am a rival of many talents and would be happy to compete with you in other endeavors as well. No matter what you are trying to accomplish, I would love to tell you that you can't do it and make you prove me wrong. Scathing commentary? Dirty looks? Rude notes? The occasional dramatic monologue? I can do it all. I love listening to people talk about what they're passionate about. The way their face lights up and their gestures get all big and excited. Ugh, it's just wonderful. And when that person is my rival, I get to have all the fun of picking their plans apart. The right wizard won't be discouraged by my nitpicking. It'll only encourage them to improve their approach and become a better wizard. I 
love it when my fellow wizards get to learn, especially the ones doing work that I'm invested in. Tell me all about what you're trying to do, and I will tell you that you're doing it all wrong. I'll let you know that I will surely get to space before you accomplish your goals. I will be the person you need trying to stop you. Because, as we wizards know, having someone trying to stop you is the best way to get anything done. That's why we're both here, placing ads for rivals. Ever since my last rival broke up with me, it's been really lonely here in my wizard tower. I miss having someone poking their head through the window to criticize me. All the effort of flying up to the top window or climbing up the outside of the tower just to tell me I messed up an incantation, it was just so nice to be thought of. If you think you can fill this hole in my life, please contact me. I would love to do the same for you as well. And if you're interested in taking things to the next level and potentially becoming my nemesis, well, I'm listening to. Hope to hear from you. With love, Astrofell, Wizard of the Stars. And touchdown. That's one small ad from a whiz. One giant ad for Wizkind. Astrofell, I love your confidence and your nitpicking. Nitpickery is the beating heart of wizardry. For what is magic but picking an argument with reality itself over a poorly worded law of nature? Think about it. But even more, you've reminded me of something. As I was desperately bailing water into my cauldron during your ad, I realized something. Somehow, I'd forgot what rivalries were all about. Healthy competition motivating self-improvement. Okay, and yes, sometimes desperate power struggles, but that's beside the point. Merely trying to get rid of Smoochulan's mushroom minions isn't healthy competition. It's not going to get me out of this sphere, it's not going to teach me anything, and it's not what our rivalry needs to make progress. No. I need to beat Smoochulan at his own game. And I don't mean Smoochulan Poker, the card game he made up when he was my apprentice. I can't beat him at that, it's literally in the rules. It's a terrible game. Uh, what I mean is that I need to look at what he's done and match it. Like a true rival. If the mushroom golem outside is Smoochulan's familiar, formed out of his sleazy Smoochulan essence, as we heard last episode, then I too must reach into Smoochulan's essence to defeat it. I'm going to need some time to reflect, so let's take that time to reflect on the date that Smoochie sent Tashlinda the Tenacious and Tippy Germain upon. Let's see. Oh! This thought imprint is in a little jar. How charming. Let's get it open. Hello again. This is uh, Tippy Germain, and this is following up my get-together with Tashlinda the Tenacious. I was just pleased as punch to be selected to go on a date with Tippy. Although, I admit, I was expecting correspondence from Kimistro. I'm not entirely sure who this new guy is, but hello, I suppose. Do you have any idea when Kamisha will be back? Tashlinda invited me to her end of the multiverse, which was no trouble. Most of my process is fairly mobile, and I have a field kit for what I'd need. It's basically a collection of small jars and larger vials with my collection medium already in it. 
if I'm going to be distilling and combining, usually I have like a snack barrel of room tone at the ready, but that's a later on finessing thing. It's not necessary for loose demonstrating purposes. Anyway, Tippy has an absolutely fascinating specialization, sonic magic. Now that's inspirational. I was so excited to see what terrible act she was capable of that I read up on all the literature and volunteered my own highly equipped laboratory for our machinations. And for this occasion, I also selected some sounds to bring along. Uh, some ethereal wind chimes. Uh, one of my favorite sunrise birds. Uh, one of my better screams. If anybody would appreciate those, it sounded like it would be Tosh Linda. But of course, our date was scheduled for the one day when some upstart adventurers thought they could best me, me, Tosh Linda the Ter- Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, tenacious. Anyway, Tosh Linda gave me pretty direct astral directions to get to her tower, though even if I had ended up a mile or so off, it still would have been easy to find the one enormous tower of blackened and weather-worn stone across the entire visible landscape. I spent so much time trying to clean the exploded remains and sooty silhouettes off the wall that I'm afraid she caught me quite unprepared. By the way, a little vinegar, a little baking soda, all that comes right off. Luckily, I finished right in time to spot her approaching the door. She had the door open and greeted me warmly, and we headed up the tower. The place was really quite impressive. All of these great chambers with surprising amounts of mechanics worked in so seamlessly. I can only imagine how much work went into this place. Now, I don't like to brag, but there were a lot of booby traps on the way to the laboratory, so I had to go down and meet her. We had to stop a few times on my way up while she disabled some of the traps. Uh, Pressure-plated spikes, poison darts... This is not to be confused with the room of poison dart frogs. You won't make that mistake more than once. Some great machine in a dark room that I never quite saw, but its powering down sounded more organic than the other ones. We got to the kitchen just in time to pull my hot dish out of the oven. Just your typical beef, potatoes, cheese, and corn with a goblin eye garnish, but I think a layer of frog legs in there gets the dish really hopping. <laughs> That's just a little joke I like to tell. I don't usually much care for eyes, but they worked surprisingly well in this. She also offered a, a cup of evil. Which now comes in regular and decaf. I opted for regular, and it was indeed mostly coffee. Good coffee. But I couldn't quite place what the rest of it was, and it didn't seem polite to ask. And then it was up to the lab. Uh, much of her living space uh, is decorated with uh, prototypes of different devices she's made, and lots of different traps and doodads she's collected over the years. And as she was walking me through them, so many of them made the most fascinating sounds. Throughout the tour of the tower, Tippy was opening these little jars of jelly. They smelled like magic, and I learned they were filled with their own special formulation of sound-capturing jelly. It's an absolutely brilliant and highly efficient method, and when we arrived at the lab, she showed me all the sounds she'd collected, some of which came from my very own tower. Extremely flattering. And the place sounded marvelous. All sorts of wonderful beeps, boots, and constant bubbling things. On one of the tables, she had a stack of just about all the books out there on acoustical grammary. Granted, there are really only about five good ones, and 
three or four bad ones, but luckily she had all the good ones. I had a million questions, of course. And luckily, most of my answers I could just show her. Combining sounds, how did that work? She was really very interested in the suspension medium, how it worked, how it was made. Do you just mix the jellies together, or does that make a cacophony? I suspected such a question. It's a unique part of the art. I don't know what kinds of suppliers are out here, but on my end of things, you either have Squelch's Acoustical Jelly, a dismal medium, even on the off chance you can actually find it, or you make your own. I went through a lot of trial and error to get mine right, and if I can save an interested mage a little bit of trouble, I'm more than happy to help. And I also made a few notes about how best to adjust it for different sounds and scenarios, which she appreciated. Could we change the pitch? At any rate, I pulled out the distilled sounds I had brought and the various jars of sound I had collected throughout the tower. The place had just such a wonderful resonance and the sounds had such depth to them. They were perfect. Could we increase the volume of this jar? And before too long, we had wired the jars into a device of their own. And we did a lot of tinkering with a lot of methods I hadn't really worked with before. Maybe with just a touch of necromancy. And then Tosh Linda had a big idea. What if we wired the sounds together and ran energy through the jelly? How would that affect, say, a mortal soul? Or a few mortal souls? And wouldn't you know, it was so convenient I had just harvested a fresh multitude of souls for us to experiment on. But as she starts this spell, that energy and the energy from the jar array resonated with each other so magnificently, it just grew and grew into this harmony I had never heard before, never felt before. Gracious me, you've never heard anything like that. It was positively apocalyptic. Like, sure, we've rent the souls of a thousand mortals, but masters and angels, it sounded amazing. We were so pleased with the way the experiment turned out that one thing led to another, and I ended up digging out my old bass guitar, which I haven't played in just ages. We both thought we really had something going there, so... Long story short, we formed a band. The name is pending, but we're leaning towards an extremely haunted funk kind of sound, which Tashlinda is insisting on calling... Rhythm and booze. Overall, I'm really pleased with how the get-together went. There's one more wizard in the world who appreciates acoustical magics, and Tashlinda is an absolute delight, and I think we can really keep this excellent magical feedback loop going. We're definitely shaping up plans to get together again. I think the date was very successful. Tippy and I do come from different dimensions, but we're already talking about gigs. Think of the havoc we could wreak. I would love to collaborate with Tippy again. Though if we end up doing any gigs over on my end of the multiverse, we might have to redirect the soul rending just a little bit. The world's gone to a point where rending of a thousand sapient mortal souls gets noticed pretty quickly. Maybe insect souls? Eh, we can figure that out. Well, it seems that the darkest of secrets is how to rock a jam band. You know, I think we all knew that deep in our hearts. But uh, here, here, let's uh, take a quick break while we try and fasten down my shelves. Hey, hey, no, no, that's not a toy for mushrooms. Do you like space adventures? Humor with a side of interpersonal relationships and emotional growth and sexual innuendos? Then do we have the show for you. Tabletop Squadron is an actual play podcast set in the far, far faraway galaxy of Star Wars. 
join the misfit crew of the Afternoon Delight as they try to stay under the Empire's radar while occasionally helping the Rebellion. Follow Tink, a Gagoran slicer, or hacker, with a body of fur and a heart of gold. I just tape up a wall in front of the wall, so if it falls off, we have secondary wall. Karma, a Nautilin bounty hunter that's getting back into the game now that her kids are grown. Just be aware that there's now a lot of guns behind you. And Ziana, a Twi'lek thief who is often more concerned with having fun than completing a job. She's like, okay, and remember, I am still technically dead, so can't put me on I Wanted poster. Visit TabletopSquadron.com for episode transcripts, show recaps, an FAQ page, and more. I'm from an order of mostly celibate magic monks. Why would you assume mm-hmm. that we're... Mostly? Okay, Mostly. Fair. <laughs> okay. Follow the crew at Tabletop underscore squad on Twitter and Instagram, and find the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, and wherever else you find podcasts. All right, the shroomlings and I have come to a cautious truce. I've ceded them half of the sphere, and they, in return, are trying to take the rest of it. It was not a very good truce. Uh, Now, I I need to find a way to understand why Smoochalon is the way he is. Hmm. I suppose the best way would be to reach directly into his mind and pull out the memories. But since I don't have his head here with me, that would be difficult. Hmm. I suppose I could reach into my own brain to figure it out. With the rare, perilous magic known as introspection. A dangerous route. For wizards who look inward too often have been known to vanish from the magical world. Tales tell that they become something terrible, called a philosopher, and wander the land seeking out wizards to tell them they're morally bankrupt with incoherent ethics. I pray that I never learn what those phrases mean. While I go on the only journey available to me, a journey into myself, I'll leave you, gentle listeners, with this next ad, which... Wow, speak of the devil. It's not Smoochalon's head, but this is definitely someone's severed head. Dang. Let's see, it says... From Antal Bloodbelly, tattooed across its forehead. Let's see, I think I just pull the tongue. Ha! I speak ye now of Antal Bloodbelly, son of Fragius Bloodbelly of the Bloodseeker clan. Antal the strong, Antal the wise, Antal the cursed. Antal seeketh now a rival, and I speak his words of personal ad. Ha! Hello, my name is Antal Bloodbelly, son of Frigius Bloodbelly, and proud member of the Bloodseeker clan. My hobbies include fighting and killing people in the name of my clan, fighting and killing people in my clan, and cooking. I find people in cities use a cowardly amount of spices and are snobbish with what sauces are and are not acceptable in their food. I enjoy competition, whether in combat, eating, or anything. 
I learned to play a pan flute over a week just to shut someone up, and I hate the sound of the thing. My greatest exploit was when I saved the chieftain after he was captured by some group of knights by casting my signature spell, Bloody Camouflage. With how that one person's body erupted, they were too distracted to see me smash the chieftain's shackles. I'm looking for him. Well, here. Let's get the weird stuff out of the way now. Yes, I'm a wizard. That's barbarian. That does mostly conjuration and blood magic. If you're looking for something long term, expect some amount of mess outside of the tent. Secondly, yes, I say tent for a reason. I made a deal with a vampire a while back to make my magic stronger, but now I can't enter doorways. If there's outside seating or a hole in the side of a restaurant or arena we're going to meet at, we can eat or fight there, but otherwise it's out of the question. If that doesn't ward you off, great. Being only in the company of other barbarians just isn't working out for me, and I seek a new conquest. If you're fine with all of that, I'm fine with you. Gender, species, whatever, it doesn't matter. If you can hold a conversation and you're own in a fight, we'll suit each other just fine. The tale be told, the ad be spoken, my duty done. Return now, my spirit, to the land of feasting. Whoa! Antel, you have to let people know if your seven heads are going to erupt into flames and burn away to nothing but ash. That almost set my robes on fire. It's a good thing I had my introspection glass of water to hand or things could have gotten serious. Oh, and now the spoilings are using the ash for sustenance. Gross. All these spoilings do is take, take, take. Just like how Smoochulon took everything from me. Ugh, what a terrible apprentice he was. Always with the, Kimistro, will you show me the inner mysteries once I'm done organizing the library according to Arthur Cuteness for you? Kimistro, now that I've mastered your favorite tiramisu recipe, won't you show me how to pull the red strings of connection? Kimistro, I've channeled my energy into the great heart to keep it healthy. Won't you show me how to tap into the love line so I don't faint? Just take, take, take. He never appreciated all that I taught him. Well, all the things I would have taught him once he finished his apprenticeship. But I swear I was... was going to. Hmm. Oh. Epiphany. Wow. Do I deserve this? Well, deserving or not, I have wizards to connect. Our next ad comes from Vigo the Vivare, wizard of knots and threads. Speaking of which, did you know that non-magic folk have a theory that all magic and energy are comprised of tiny vibrating strings? They're wrong, of course. As we mages all know, matter and energy are actually made of tiny vibrating... <laughs> if a non-magic has ever figured that out, oh, <laughs> daddy, sure would be a pickly predicament. In fact, Every now and then, one of the Grand Hush Mages stops by the non-magical universities and scrambles up their scientific doodads a bit so they don't figure it out. By the towers! Could you imagine if they found out the tiny vibrating... Unthinkable! The non-magics can barely keep one realm in order. They're not ready to interface with the infinitely more just beyond their veil. 
keep them in the dark so we can thrive in the light. That's the Hush Mages' credo. Now, Vigo the Vavari's ad came in the form of a glistening silver rope with the instruction to tie a dragon's tail. Ah, the dragon's tail knots. I haven't done one of those since that fateful summer at Wizard Scout's Wilderness Camp. I got the badge for multidimensional topologomancy, so I should still be able to do this. Uh, let's see. I wrap one end around the other, pull it through this loop-de-doodle here, reach between worlds to grab the hidden third end of the rope, pull this hoop around itself, and the rabbit goes up and back in the hole. Pull all three ends and presto! Casper, Casper, did you... Oh, you gotta go. Th thanks. You got it set up. Uh, hello, I'm uh, Vigo de Vevere. Uh, I'm what you might call a spell weaver. <laughs> uh, I'm a uh, thaumaturge of tangles, and so through the use of arcane geometries and the right materials, I can uh, tie knots that uh, cast my spells for me. So, look out for my cable knit sweaters. They're dangerous. <laughs> uh... And on that note, I should clarify here that I'm not in the market for love. I've I'm had my fill of romantic entanglements, and I'm just burnt out on them. So I'm trying something new, and I'm uh, dipping my toe into, you know, maybe getting a rivalry for a change. Uh, I mean, I had a couple of rivals in college, didn't we all? We were all experimenting at the time. But, you know, it was, it was never anything serious. But, you know, as I get older, yeah, maybe... Maybe that is the, the life for me. So, um, like I said, I am uh, new to this, so I figured we could maybe start slow. Uh, you know, opposing teams at the trivia night at the bar or uh, getting really into competitive karaoke and, you know, oh, no, I'm going to be good first place. No, I'm going to give it... Yeah, that sort of thing. That sort of thing. Uh, you know, depending on how we feel about it, uh, we could escalate to side bets and sabotage and... You know, maybe, uh, depending on how we feel about each other, we could either, you know, end up as a sitcom arch nemesis or swearing blood vendettas. You know I mean, I'm willing to just kind of see how all this plays out. Um, I am uh, flexible about my role in the relationship. Uh, I can be morally ambiguous. Uh, maybe I'm the good guy. Maybe I'm the bad guy. Maybe, you know, it, it changes on, you know, whenever we meet and, like, sometimes... Uh, it's morally gray. Who knows? Again, you know, just kind of want to get to know you and see how we how we work together. Um, oh, oh, thanks, Casper. Thanks for reminding me. Uh, whoever uh, sounds, whoever's interested in this, uh, I should let you know. I do have a familiar, so you got to be okay with that. Uh, he's Casper. Say hi, Casper. <laughs> yeah, thanks, buddy. Uh, he's uh, I crocheted him myself, uh, and he's you know he's he's my best little helper. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's everything. So yeah, if uh, any of this sounds interesting to you, uh, you can reach me at the contact details below. And uh, yeah, just come up to me and say you like Velcro and I'll hate you immediately. And we'll go from there. Yeah. Okay, so Casper, uh, how do I stop this? Here I stand, a humbled mage, trying to figure out how to untie this insidious tangle that I now realize 
I twisted myself and Smoochulan up into all those years ago. Smoochulan was a string looking for a partner to weave a grand tapestry together. And I was an ungrateful pair of scissors, snipping away his ambition like he was a stray thread on a Wismis sweater, giving him menial tasks that served my own studies. I used him. It's no wonder that's what he thinks relationships are all about. He's following my example. I told Smoochulan he wasn't ready for the Book of Bonding, but he could have been, if I'd recognized his potential and been ready to give it to him. <coughs> and there you are, Smoochulan's mushroom familiar. A perfect symbol of my failures. You just want to grow, don't you? Like everything else. And the only way you know how to grow is by feeding off others. Because that's what I taught Smoochulan growth was. Feeding. An extraction. Parasitic. <coughs> What's that you're pointing at? Uh, my icebox? What about it? You're hungry. Of course you are. I'll see what I've got. Here, friend. Take this leftover ziti. I've been going through a ziti phase lately. I'll just push these noodles through the crack for you. Eat up, friend. You need it more than I do. How is this? The little sporings have gathered around my cauldron. Are you all hungry too? Hungry for ziti? No? What's that? You, you want to help me perform the spell of the week? But that's... Of course. Of course you do. I never let Smoochulon cast spells with me. That's what this is all about. Maybe... Maybe if I do this spell with you little fungoids, we can turn this situation around. Does that sound good? Now, fungus, how about you help me with this motion spell? Maybe we can plumb the depths of this void together, mushroom and mage. Stupendous! This week we're going to attempt a spell of motion and movement. I've gabbed about it long enough, it's time to put my magic where my mouth is, and I don't mean dentomancy. We're going to move this orb. My tiny new apprentices, it's time to do what you do so well. Go rummage through my mystical cabinet and fetch me one vial of pure horsepower. I will graciously disregard that ruckus because we're allies now. At least you procured the vial. In it goes. Now, little ones, on the top of my shelf over there, you can see a feather. But it's no ordinary feather. It's from one of Galileo's nightmares. A feather that falls faster than a stone. Go get it and... Pop it into the cauldron. It's not fragile, thank goodness. This is fine. We're all fine. Toss it in. Now, and I'll handle this if you don't mind. Uh, we add one bona fide perpetual motion machine. Thankfully, I have this six pack. In you go. Now, a powerful spell typically requires a sacrifice by its caster. You've suffered enough little spoiling, so 
I will gladly pay this price. With heavy hearts, I offer faith. What, what are you doing? Ten of the little fellows dove right in. I've never seen such bravery from a mushroom. Oh, such an elegant series of swan dives. Wow. Oh, I was going to sacrifice with a little miniature train. It's not even magic. I just really like it. I hope my theatricality didn't make them think they had to do that. That'd be a real tragedy. Well, thank you, my fungus friends. May your sacrifice be not in vain. Anyway, now for the incantation. Say it with me, mushrooms, for your fallen comrades. What's going on? Is it working? Are we moving? What sorcery is this? What have we done? Why, Bigfoot's left. Listeners, I, I don't know what to make of this. The spell of the week has opened some sort of portal outside the sphere. It's bursting with light. I, I can't see what's beyond. The mushroom golem, it's floating towards the portal. It's letting itself be enveloped by its light. It's gone. We're, we're rolling. The portal is sucking us in too. Everyone out there, if anything happens, thank you all for listening. Remember, you can vote on which wizard you'd like to date by filling out the survey linked in the podcast episode description or at wiz wiz on Twitter. We're nearly at the portal. By the Tomes listeners. If you could only see... What is this place? Listeners, where there used to be a shadowy mist beyond my orb, there is now blue sky. There's grass. Grass as tall as trees. And mushrooms. Mushroom houses. Mushroom people. What appear to be mushroom horses and buggies. Rollicking redcaps. This must be the realm from whence the mushman came. <laughs> Live from the mushroom realm and not from a void between worlds. This has been Wizard Seeking Wizard! Thank you for listening to Wizard Seeking Wizard. This is a community project made to give people something fun to do during our long isolations. All wizards were written and performed by the person portraying them. The hosting segment of this episode was written by Max Kreisky and Mark Camposano. Sound design was done by Tal Manier. You can find Tal on Twitter at Starplanes. In this episode, Lex Lewis was Constella the Almost. You can find Lex on Twitter at SareLexalot. Damien Crawford was Antel Bloodbelly. You can find Damien on Twitter at DeveloperDamien. 
Tal Manir was Astrophel, Wizard of the Stars. Tal would like to promote their show, Someone Dies in This Elevator. Someone Dies in This Elevator is a spoiler-driven anthology series where there is always an elevator and someone always dies, but everything else is different. Season 1 begins April 26th, and you can subscribe to the show on your podcatcher of choice right now. Stephen Cole was Vigo the Vivare. You can find Stephen on Twitter at Nemo Specific. Grace Gist and Hannah Wright reprised their roles as Tippy Germain and Tash Linda the Tenacious, respectively. You can find them on Twitter at G2 underscore LPIND and at Chemically Writ. Colin Kamiski played the severed head. You can find Colin on Twitter at Ginger Densetsu and on Instagram at Captain Gingerbeard. He is available for hire as a voice actor. The scream that Tippy brought in a jar was Kristen Hyder, a Boston area actor, voice actor, and singer. Transcripts were provided by Lex Lewis. Our theme song was written and performed by Mess and Finesse Studios in Somerville. You can find them on Twitter at Mess and Finesse. Our logo was designed by Julie Benbisset. You can find her on Twitter at T underscore four underscore JBass or on Twitter at art underscore of underscore JBass. I'm Max Kreisky and I play Chemistro the Matchmage. You can find me on Twitter at Max to the K. The trailer you heard in this episode was for Tabletop Squadron, an actual play podcast of Fantasy Flight Games' Edge of the Empire role-playing game. You can check them out on Twitter at Tabletop underscore Squad or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you've been enjoying Wizard Seeking Wizard and want to help us make the show, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash whiz4wiz. Thank you to our Patreon backers Jordan Church, Kira Romanello, Kelly Houlihan, Jen Geronimo, and Logan Cheshire. Your support helps make this show possible. Thank you again. We'll see you next time here on Wizard Seeking Wizard. <laughs>